Let's go. We see the hype outside. Right from the house. Uh. Took it straight from outside. Straight to the couch. And we're live. Welcome back to the Mesh Mobiles. It's your boy, the one with the Scarface face. Your boy, Scarface. And today we got Weecho. What up? And we got a special guest, James. What's up, everybody? What's up? Uh, James from Exhibition Faith? Yes, sir. Right. And uh, I remember Weecho, he was, he was telling me, he's hey, we got to bring this James kid on. And then he started telling me that you're 20 years old. You got your own stuff going on. But we'll get all into that. You know what I mean? Like, I want people to get to know you. That way, you know, they get to know who James is. Yes, so sir. are you... Originally from uh, Rexburg? Yeah, so I'm from Rexburg, and I grew up in St. Anthony. Um, I lived there until I was about two years old, and I think we we moved to Texas, yeah, when I was two. And I lived there until I was seven. Until you were seven? Uh-huh. What part of Texas? Colleen, Texas. Colleen, Texas. I don't know where that is. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the military base, Fort Hood? Uh, I yeah, think so, yeah. I've heard of it. That's where Colleen's at. Oh, is it? Yeah. So Texas... Uh, so you were born in St. Anthony. Yes. Moved to Texas. Was mm-hmm. there a reason you guys moved? Yeah. So my dad, the reason we went out to Texas was my dad became a uh, military contractor. And yeah, he we got stationed out there and he spent a lot of time overseas. I probably seen him a month out of the year from the time I was two until I was seven. Oh, damn. Um, so it was like. He was there, but he wasn't there, you know, like he was supporting us, still talk to him every day all over the, on the phone, but like his presence wasn't there. Um, and then around the time when I turned seven, my parents just, they were, they weren't working out. And um, my dad came back overseas and they'd gotten into a, a fight and my dad ended up going to, to prison for three years after, after that. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we came back out here and my mom started her life and um, I got, yeah, I got three little brothers, but uh, yeah, we, we moved back with my grandma and um, we stayed there for quite a while and I know my mom, she kind of, she really went down the wrong path whenever we came back out here and my grandma's seen that that was happening and I was always a grandma's boy and so my grandma, she kind of like took me in and I, ne- I never wanted to to be with my mom. So I spent a lot of time at my grandma's house and eventually I just started living there and I stayed there and my mom never really fought it. And so my grandma raised me for a long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, my, my grandparents raised me. All right. So let's bring it back to, to Texas uh-huh. while your dad was being away. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel like now that that had some sort of effect towards you? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think it's very important for uh, a boy to have a man in his presence growing up, you know, because I feel like there's a lot of things that without a guy in the house, you're just going to learn the hard way, Mm -hmm. being a guy. And so, yeah, I think it it definitely affected me. But how I used it was I picked different men within my life who I wanted to model, and that that was my dad. Mm. was like me choosing, okay, there's a little piece from him. I I like that. There's a little piece from him. I like that. Mm -hmm. And that's how I – that was my teacher. That's how I became a man. So you said he – like after your your parents, they got divorced? Yeah. Yeah, so when my dad came back, because he was making a lot of money um, being a a contractor for the military, and my mom – 
they were young and they both come from nothing and they got money young so she didn't really know how to spend it man and i don't know it was a a lot of fighting and my dad he he was a, an alcoholic a very bad alcoholic and one night they just really got into it and yeah he beat her up and he beat us up too and the cops came and he spent 3 years for that and it took us like a month after that situation to pack everything up and move but yeah a month after everything happened in Texas we came back out to Idaho and that's where we started do do you have any contact with him anymore uh as of right now no but from then till i was like 18 i can't we had a lot of contact mm -hmm. and we try i there was a lot of times where i tried to rekindle um our relationship but the like the problem was is i was rekindling it not my dad yeah and so there was just a lot of like empty promises and I don't know. He never took accountability for anything. Everything was always my mom's fault. And I understood both sides of it. And um I don't know, I just things were a lot better without him, <laughs> honestly. So, I just kind of pushed him to the side. Um my little brothers got taken away from my mom whenever I was 15 and um they they moved in with my grandma for a few months my mom went to jail and uh my grandma raised them probably for like a year actually a year and a half and so that was the time until i was like 15 16 and my mom got out and she did everything she needed to do to get my little brothers back and she got them until i was 18 and then she ended up getting them removed out of the house again And so by that time they were also looking at me because technically my uh my grandma wasn't my legal guardian but mm -hmm. like the state and everybody knew because I basically grew up in the system because from the time we moved out here up until I graduated I was always dealing with CPS and um cops and just like the state very involved in my personal life. So they and Within this whole time I'm cutting hair. Mm -hmm. Like I started whenever I was 14 and that's really what kept me focused and not becoming a uh victim of circumstances. Um yeah, cuz I feel like it, it depends on the person. Yeah. Like some people would have went the wrong way just because they're living in that life, you mm -hmm. know, like everything's going bad like at the time. Mhm. Mm So they they can also go down the wrong yeah. path, yeah. you know. And luckily enough, you you stayed focused. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you know knew what you wanted. Did you want to cut hair, or was it something that just distracted you? Um, in high school, it was something that distracted me, and I was I wasn't too serious about it, but I liked doing it. Yeah. And were you the guy like hey like hit him my boy? I was the guy. Yeah, for <laughs> sure in high school. I was definitely the guy. Um I I think I was the only one cutting hair at my high school at the time. And it was a small high school, so we definitely got around. And that's how I got my practice in. And like I said, I got through little brothers, so they were getting all my haircuts like every week they're like, "Dang, bro, it hasn't even grown in yet. It's just stubble." I'm like, "Nah, dude, I can line that up." And that that was my practice. And throughout that whole time frame of like my teenage years that's how i stayed out of trouble and um 
but I still got in a little bit of trouble, right? Teenagers. But um, I, mean, I know, right? Like who? I mean, have you gotten in trouble when you were? Uh, not like cops and stuff, but just doing stuff. But you know, yeah. Lucky, I was your prince. Lucky sense. enough, I got I got in a, like a few things, little mess ups. Yeah, but <laughs> I caught it ahead of time to the point where I was like, I don't want to go down that yeah. path because yeah. it could just lead to the, the wrong way. Yeah, you know what I mean? it spirals out of control. Yeah, so I luckily luckily enough, I caught that ahead of time, and it mm-hmm. sounds like you caught that ahead of time as yeah. well. Um, so you. When did you actually, did you wait until after you graduated to actually become a licensed barber? Um, before I graduated high school, um, uh, yeah, before I graduated high school, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. And I had, it was a really, my senior year was a really hard time for me because I was trying to figure out what to do with my brothers because they were, they were a constant, like, uh, almost how, a, how old are they, by the way? 17, 16, and 14. And you're 20. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're not too far in age, all of us. Um, but yeah, my senior year, I was really struggling with school and uh, my grandma and her health, um, my mom's choices, and trying to rekindle a relationship with my dad. It was. I was going insane, honestly, but haircutting definitely kept me sane um, within that whole situation. Because my grandma, she had stage four cancer from the time I was 10 up until I was 18. And so all of that really took a toll on her having to deal with all that stuff. So whenever I, I was 18, she was getting really, really sick. And we could kind of tell, you know, like, okay, she might pass away because she's she's really, really sick. So I need to start. It was like a wake-up call for yeah. me because I didn't have my mom and I didn't have my dad. And uh, and you got your little brother. I got my little brothers. And so what I tried to do was I was trying to rekindle the re- relationship with my dad. And he works for my aunt and she uh, does like sand fracking in the oil field. And at that time, the oil field was booming, and he was doing really, really good for himself. And as far as I knew, um, he'd slowed down on drinking, and, uh, you know, overall, he was doing really good. He had a house. He was newly married, and his wife was a really good lady. And um, it was the options for my brothers were go to a boy's home, go to an aunt. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And personally, I, like I was a young kid, I didn't understand a lot of things. All I knew was like my dad had a home and he had money, and he was a man. And that that at the time is what I thought my brothers needed. Um, they ended up going to my aunt's house, but I figured out a way to get him out to my dad in 2018 but only two of them were able to go. My, my baby brother, the one that's 14, he ended up going to one of my older aunts down in Boise, but the other two I was able to get him out to my dad's out in Texas, and that lasted for a month. And during this whole month, they're telling me that they hate it out there, and, you know, I, I don't understand because I'm not there. And There's just a lot of problems, and... I just tell them, I was telling them, like, you guys don't understand, like, 
this this out here this isn't going to be good for you guys like you guys need this in your life you guys can have a future out there like that will help you out and they're like no bro you you don't get it you have to come out here and to understand and within that like within that month if they're all telling me that one of them hops on a plane and comes out here and like <laughs> i wake up in the morning and he's in in idaho falls and i'm like what bro what are you doing out here where's david and he's like dude i had to leave i had to leave i could not do it anymore and so i was honestly i was a little upset with him but i didn't understand fully the whole situation and so my dad flew me out there and that first day i was out there this was on like november 8th so this is one year ago really close to yeah. it um my dad flew me out there and he immediately within the day he was drinking and honestly i i didn't really mind it because he was cool but throughout the day you know he was like we're gonna go downtown and go ride those um those bird scooters okay those electric ones downtown and that was the plan and so when we got downtown first thing we did was there was like a taco bus and the right it was parked right outside of the bar and so we're eating at the taco bus and my dad goes into the bar and he was in there for an hour and like me and my brother were just walking around and it, at the right in the moment it didn't seem like a whole lot a whole lot of uh, time because you know we were distracted but I started checking the time I'm like dang when's dad gonna come out and eventually I walked in there and by the time I walked in there I was pretty upset like I told him like we're we gonna go downtown or we're we leaving and um He's like, all right, let's go. So we hop on the birds, and he he's really drunk, like really, really drunk. Yeah. And you've seen him. Like, it's just a normal scooter. He hops yeah. on it with his wife, and he's drunk. So, of course, they're going to fall. And so they eat it, and he he freaked out on her and was like, yeah, he was just being really mean to her. And honestly, it, it like, brought me back to a flashback of when I was seven, and she she's not really a lady to speak up for herself and she she doesn't speak english in the first part and he was like yelling at her in english and she she really didn't even understand and so i told him to stop and yeah it it turned really bad really quickly and long story short we get to his house and he's trying to fight me and i just looked him in the eyes and i i told him uh you know why and he he really he really showed me who he really was at the time and uh yeah he, he kept trying to fight me and he was he was so drunk and he had, he's really he's a really sick guy too and i couldn't i didn't have it in me to physically fight my dad even after all the stuff he did i i could not do it and so i just called my aunt and she got me a uber and i left the same day that i showed up mm -hmm. to my dad's house that all happened within the same day did you take your brother with you I wasn't able to take my brother with me because in, in the state of Texas, like if they're with the parent, regardless of guardianship, um, because of like he was out there, my aunt was in I, here in Idaho, nobody could do anything but what my dad said. Dang. And the cops were totally on his side. And so um, I ended up going to my uncle's house. And also in that time frame, my dad looked at me and he's like, you're never going to be nothing. Barbering's never gonna do nothing for you, and you'll you'll never provide for your family with barbering. Um, if you're not gonna be in the military, good luck. 
because he he him he's so dead set on the military i don't i don't know why but he was so dead set on it. and me personally like i i 100 respect the military but it's not for me yeah and he he tried to push it on me so much and that was another reason like growing up trying to rekindle our relationship kind of never worked because it was always oh you're gonna go to the military you gotta go to the military and that was never my vibe mm-hmm. but anyways um i go out to my to my uncle's house that night and I, I hop on the plane and i leave the next day and i told my brother right before i left that within that week i'd get him home and he came home that same week the same way my other brother left so it it worked out it was really really stressful for me because i had no money to switch flights and i had to figure it out all on my own um but i did and i uh i got home and that's whenever i kind of like was like okay that's not gonna work and was it pretty hard to like finally it realize that- it, it was really hard and I, I i didn't want to accept it that's why it was so hard because I, I kept wanting to have a relationship with my dad have a relationship with my mom but it just was not working every time i tried something happened that it was like just back off yeah so that's what i did and also during this time frame my grandma she's still alive but she's really really sick um and i was already enrolled in paul mitchell and that was another reason I was so excited to go out to Texas because I was telling my dad, like, I'm going to start barbering. I want to own a shop. I want to have, you know, people in there. And I just really have such a big passion for it. And he was just knocking it the whole time. Yeah. And so it was really motivating to get back out here. And even though that had really, really, really hurt me, I knew what I had to do after that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that I mean, yeah, that that that's what I did. Do you think uh, the the military had something to do with his uh, drinking problem, or did it start beforehand? It started beforehand. My my dad and his twin brother they they just grew up drinking. That's yeah. just how it was. They grew up in a rougher city in Oklahoma, and they didn't have a dad in the house either. And he. My dad has like five or six siblings and it was just my grandma and she was always, always working. So she didn't really have, have time to keep an eye on them. And so they, they, they really, so they were just loose. They were rambunctious. <laughs> my dad was for sure. And luckily enough, you're able to contain your, your brothers, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how, how long did it, like after, how long was your schooling for Barbara? Schooling was... And I'm not trying to Eight knock months. on Paul Mitchell. But oh, no. No, I'm not trying to knock on Paul Mitchell. But since you all were already like practicing a lot, mm-hmm. did you even learn much? I knew a little bit how to fade. I think I thought I knew. But once I got into school, it was a very humbling experience because, like, yeah, I did kind of have it down a little bit as far as just fading goes. But haircutting is so much more than just fading. And so that's where it was a really humbling experience for me. And there was a lot of times where I was sweating trying to figure something out. But yeah, that's that, that's where I learned the most for sure. Was did did you think it was going to be like a, you're like, ah, I've been fading for a while, you know, cutting hair. I'm going to go into school and knock this out real quick. Did you have that mentality going in or was it more like I'm ready to learn? Or The first couple of days I did. <laughs> I did, but um I got humbled real quick to I say feel the like least. That's <laughs> a lot harder to like already be cutting hair and knowing or feeling like you know how to cut hair mm-hmm. and then being humbled and like 
for me, I'd never cut hair before I went to to school, mm-hmm. and I feel like I didn't have that situation where I was like, "Oh, this is so frustrating." Mm-hmm. I was just kind of just all soaking it in. Yeah, the the that. reason I asked that is because I I decided to go back to school a few years ago, mm-hmm. and this past semester I took uh, advanced photography. Right, gotcha. I had been shooting, and and the reason I bring it up is this is advanced photography, right? Mm-hmm. I go in. They're showing us how to turn like lights on. on, on. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, this is what I'm paying to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know how to do like, there. there is a few things you learn here and there that I've learned here mm-hmm. and there that I didn't know. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. But like 90% of the class, I'm like, I already know this. Like, why do I have, can I just test out? You yeah. know, but th- that's why I asked because, because uh, I don't know how to cut hair, obviously. Uh, so I was like, maybe you've been cutting for a while. You went to school. It was a breeze. Yeah, there was a lot of things that I had down um, that I didn't struggle with. But there was even more things that I did struggle with. And so overall, it was a super, super great learning experience. And honestly, the one of the things that it really helped me with was networking and uh, just growth. Mm-hmm. That that time in school is really where I started building myself and my my mentality and figuring out who I wanted to be. Right at the beginning of school, that that the second day of school, um, my grandma passed away, and that was when truly after everything that had happened, like my brothers got taken away, my mom was still basically the same mom she'd been since we came back, and you know I knew it was over with my dad. Mm-hmm. That's when all that happened to me and school started. That's when I knew is it's me and it's only me. Yeah. Like I can't blame nobody for nothing. Well, I can, but it's not gonna get you. It's not gonna get me nowhere, you know. I'm just gonna be a victim of my circumstances. And I decided to weigh out all the positives than the negatives, and I had way more positives and so I think if a lot of times if people just do that no matter what's going on in their life just truly think about all right I got this I got this this happened but I still got this they will find themselves being in a lot better headspace yeah so when did you decide because I I, for for a lot of people that go into school their first uh, like choice is to go work for somebody right Mm -hmm. go and like say uh, I think you you talked to graffiti. I did. Uh, to, you know, get a work there. Yeah. What made you decide to open up your own shop? Because that that's a huge step right there. Most most barbers that come yeah. out because these these schools are churning out barbers like crazy mm-hmm. now, and so starting a, a barber's like shop, yeah, is a little harder because now you have to have a for sure clientele because rent is going to be due or mm-hmm. like uh, you locked lease. in a lease <laughs> like everything is going to be due, and they don't care what you have going on they just want their money at the end of the month yeah so, so what made you up. decide to do that figuring out not not figuring out but understanding how young i was and just being young that was my head start like okay let's say if i if i buckle down for two years and give it my all and i fail I'll be only 22 and I can restart and do it again and I win, I'll be only 24. And so that that was my thinking, like all this other stuff happened to me. I don't got nothing to lose. Why not just use all that pain to motivate me and just get it done? And owning the barbershop, 
that specific dream was something of mine since I had, I've always, always felt it. Ever since I started cutting hair, I never thought of myself truly working at a barbershop. It was always owning my barbershop. And like, I don't know why I had that feeling, but that was always just a gut feeling. I, I have a post on Facebook. I, I posted it in 2015. And I said, I will own my own barbershop. I promise. And every year that, that pops up and it makes me so happy to see because throughout this whole time frame, you know, all this stuff's happening and I didn't realize like it needed to, to, to give me the, the, the love for cutting and to understand what it did for my life and the passion and the motivation to buckle down and start my own shop and start building my own clientele and, you know, kind of do everything on my own. All that, yeah, all that started with, you know, around the time frame of whenever I, I started cutting, I, I always knew that's what I wanted to do, truly. Yeah, and um, I like how you said that, that like, you're all, I'm only, like, 20 if I fail. <laughs> because it, it, this goes for anyone. Like, it doesn't matter what age. Like, mm -hmm. you're going to fail in a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. But... Like I failed in a lot of stuff, and it's when he when you mentioned he, he, he I posted on Twitter. I was like, I'm gonna have my own media company. I'm gonna have like my own stuff. Like my work is gonna be all over Idaho. Yes, sir. And then like a few years later, it is like it, it's it's crazy. So like I can really relate to that. So, but you don't get there by just wanting it. No, no. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Especially not. having a shop or like I have my own like studio office space. Like you have to put in the work now mm -hmm. because. Like I said, they're going to come after you for like the money. They, they, they want their money. Yeah. You know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. So what made you decide on Exhibition Fades? Because that's the name of your shop, right? Yeah. So Exhibition is like a, a place where you showcase fine arts. And I think of haircutting as art. We, we're artists. And, you know, fading is so, it's it's such an art to me. And I I think I thought, why not like have, think of a barbershop as, your your art place that this is where we're going to showcase yeah just the the art and fading and also like in rexburg there wasn't any barbershops with the name fade in there and in this era that we're in right now fading is what is popular mm -hmm. for for men and so i also thought about like key phrases that are going to pop up mm -hmm. and it, that that whole situation was what came together with exhibition fades like i didn't really there and there was a lot of times where i was like nah let's change the name i'm not really feeling it but <laughs> do you remember any of the other ones <laughs> marillo cuts or uh, I, I think everyone goes to that first uh -huh. like when they first start like yeah their their own names. well because why not it's gonna be on the sign <laughs> yep. i'm gonna have my name on the sign uh-huh but but the thing is uh you have to think th this is what i try to tell people you got to think I mean, that's cool if you're just looking to promote yourself. Yeah. But if you want a shop or something like that, you have mm -hmm. to, like a brand. A team, you have to brand. Like mm -hmm. before, like I would go by the name Scarface, right? But the whole media company Scarface Visuals, which is a group of talented people, mm -hmm. right? So like I, I get, I like how you stayed with that instead of went with Marillo. Yeah, like, absolutely. Of course you want your name on there. Um, but at the end, you're, you're, you're trying to build a business. You know what I mean? And in the beginning, I was kind of selfish with a lot of that stuff. And about a month later, I realized that, you know, I 
I need to think about others as well. Mm. And that's really what's going to help me is helping others. And that's really when a lot of stuff took off is when I started reaching out to other people and promoting other people and thinking about other people within the industry. Um, I feel like that's whenever I started getting a lot more attention too. Do you have uh, more barbers with you right there? The, or is it just you? Yeah, I do now. Um, his name is Dax Hall. He's a super cool guy. He started a week ago and things have been going really, really good with him. Um, trying to figure out if I wanted another barber in there was something that I did a lot of, a lot, a lot of thinking on. And so far it's been working out really, really good. And I'm really excited to see where the future goes with it. How does that feel being 20 years old and you have somebody already <laughs> working for you? Um, I try not to think about it because the barbering itself, the industry is very, very egotistical and it's very easy to get a fat head mm -hmm. and being young, and achieving that, you'll get a fat head. And so I, I try to um, just not think about him working for me or anything like that. It's we're a team, he's working with me, and we're building something. And things have been going really well that way. What made you do Because, uh, well, the first time I saw you and actually caught, saw you cut hair was at Mia's event at the, you know, at Lyle Model. Mm -hmm. And it's when he weeks was like, yeah, I'm here to watch him and like, you know, cut and do fade and do a design. He's like, he, that's when he was telling me like, hey, let's have him on the podcast. He's 20 years old with his own shop. I was like, he's 20 years old. Like, that was my first reaction. I was like, oh, hell yeah, we need him on there. Like, because this will help motivate uh, people around your age. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, because people right now, like I mention it all the time. I know some people who are like young and they don't do anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They, they just sit around and wait and wait. And I remember when I was 20, like, yeah, I was out, like, doing dumb stuff. I wasn't, I was working all the time, but I didn't have that mindset that I have now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So wh what is some advice that you would give to the, you know, people around your age or coming out of school or looking to, you know, be a barber? Regardless of what, whatever industry you're in, you got to put in the work if you want to be great at it. And you got, you have to understand that it's going to take time and you have to, you can't shortcut struggles, like. The struggles is what makes you you and what makes you a part of this wonderful thing is everyone struggled so much with it. I think a lot of people, they get distracted with the struggle instead of the end mm -hmm. goal. Um, whenever I got out of school, I was, for one, for a few weeks, I was like, am I going to work? Because even though I knew inside I wanted to work at a spot or I wanted to have my own shop, I wasn't fully 100 with it yet mm -hmm. because it was like even though I was young it was still risky um and so I I just I decided to open the shop and it started with once I graduated I needed to first pass my barbering test and I I failed that thing three times <laughs> and it was very very discouraging and I think after barber school a lot of people don't necessarily pass their first time with the written test. The the so you have to take two. It's a practical and a written. A lot of times people pass the, the practical. That's the hands-on test. That's it's relatively easy, but it's the it's the, it's the computer test that gets a lot of people. And it took me three times. And the second time I, I thought for sure I was gonna pass it. And 
it was really discouraging. And I thought to myself, like, do I even want to be a barber? And I started, I honestly even thought about other things that I could do. And my girlfriend was like, you, you're forgetting everything that's, that you put all this work you put into it. And you don't let, you know, failing this test discourage you from your, your overall goal. And, um, that's why it's important to keep important people around you, motivational people. But anyways, um, I ended up passing the test my third time. And after I passed that, I was like, okay, now, now do I want to figure out how to own my own barbershop, how to run it? Because there's one person that cuts hair in my family, but we're not really close. And she was working at a salon. So... I don't know. I didn't really have like a lot of help as far as what I needed to do. It was everything figuring it out on myself. So that was one thing that I needed to understand before I'd started was I'm going to have to figure it out all on myself. Am I going to do it the hard way or am I going to do it a little bit easier for my, am I going to make it a little bit easier for myself and go into a shop and, you know, learn and slowly build. And I just decided to go all in. And at, at that time, my, my brothers were, being taken care of with my aunt and I got school done. So I was like, all right, let's buckle down, let's do it. And I started building my clientele after school by doing house calls, which isn't the smartest thing. It's risky, very risky, but I did it. And that's how I built my clientele up. And it took me about seven months to build my clientele and save money because I had no money. Mm -hmm. I was during school, um, barber school, I was working at a call center and I was also working at Kelly Canyon and for anybody who knows where Kelly Canyon is doesn't know where Kelly Canyon is it's like 40 minutes to an hour away from St. Anthony and that's where I lived was in St. Anthony and so working at Kelly Canyon they pay you minimum wage and I would tell myself that if I'm going to drive all this all these all this way for a job then I got to work a double so that way it's worth it so if I wasn't working at the call center, then I was working a double at Kelly Canyon. And I did that all throughout school. And uh, that's one way that I was able to have money a little bit for the startup after I'd gotten my barber's license and then continue saving while I'm cutting. And it it sucked, dude, because I, I was so broke. There was so many times where I'm like, dang, do barbers make money? <laughs> um but I just kept persevering and, you know, I think a lot of people, they get so focused on themselves, but they need to understand and realize that within the industry that you're in, a lot of people that you're looking up to have already and struggled with every single thing that you're struggling with. Somebody's gone through it. And um, yeah, because uh, I mean, any almost everyone that we have on the podcast that have like some sort of like is an entrepreneur mm -hmm. even troy on his podcast he said that he almost left like he almost didn't complete school just because he had a lot of stuff going on back mm -hmm. at home and then lynn she got uh when she first came here she got kicked out of her shop and that's when she decided to like open up that mm -hmm. kind of gave her like the push like now you got to do it mm -hmm. and i mean we obviously just heard <laughs> what motivated you to open yours mm -hmm. you know what i mean and a lot of people don't realize that that it takes a lot of work. Uh, have you ever gotten somebody to say, "Oh, you're lucky," or like things like that? A lot of people tell me that I'm lucky that I know what I want to do. 
but I think that a lot of people know what they want to do, but they get sidetracked on other opinions. Mm -hmm. And in my life, a lot of the opinions that matter the most hurt me. So that's when I focused on my own opinion. Yeah. And that's when I took off. Damn. That's deep right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I try to preach on a lot of people is that anything you want to do is going to take work. Mm-hmm. Because I, I recently posted it on Twitter too. It's, like, it's not luck, you know what I mean? Like when you put in a lot of work. So it, it, it's, I was talking to this guy. He's like, oh, you're lucky you got a podcast and got like quite a few listens now. And like I'm growing this media company. But they don't see me here like hours and hours work. and mm-hmm. hours of working. They just see the end product. They'll listen to you like say after this, I got to go through and edit. I got to finish like some other videos and photos mm-hmm. I got to finish. But they don't see all that work. They just see the end product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like you they just see you with your shop and they yep. think or even uh, these guys over at graffiti they got the new shop and you know there was somebody probably didn't say it to you guys but they're like oh they're lucky they mm-hmm. got they were the first ones around but yeah there's so much work man that i like people to understand is to build something well working for yourself you're gonna work harder than you've ever worked at any other job like it's that's not a nine to five i i wake up at i try to wake up at like six to six thirty and be at the shop by seven to eight and i don't leave my shop every single night by like seven or eight yeah. and so every single day i work 10 to 11 hours and if it's a good day i work 14 or 15 and that's every single day besides sunday and i think a lot of people have to understand that when they want to start something is it's not easy and it's not lucky it's so much man hours and hard work and stress that goes into building this company but that's what makes it what it is yeah when did you open up your shop i opened up my first shop when i was 19 in december almost a year ago so I got a question for you. You opened up your shop in December, right? Mm-hmm. Like you took the risk, you like all this, but then you had, a, did you have to close? Yeah. So what had happened was um, a church owned my building and they donated it to a school within the community that's affiliated with the church. And when that happened, it got rid of my lease basically. And so... They told me I had one month to find a new spot because they were going to use the building for the school. And so it it was really discouraging. And I was like, and during this whole time, it's Corona. And I had already had to close down for two or three months. So there was a time period where I wasn't cutting. Um, and I was I was honestly scared because I didn't like I had friends of mine telling me that we could cut. And I had friends of mine telling me that we couldn't cut. So I just didn't know what to do. And I ended up starting another little business doing car detailing. And in, in, in Rexburg, car detailing is, is a good little side gig. So it worked out. And that's what I did in that time period. But there was definitely like a time where I, I didn't know what was going to happen within the industry because a lot of places were shutting down around the world with barbering. And um, I ended up going back to work and I worked for like a couple more months and then the whole selling the building thing happened. And during that time frame that I had to move out, I was looking for another building the whole time because I had clients waiting on me like, hey, bro, it's, it's, 
getting close to a month. Like, I don't want to go somewhere else, but I kind of need to. And like, I'm telling him, like, I'm almost there, bro. I'm looking, I'm looking. And I ended up finding the location I'm in right now one week before I needed to be out of the other spot. Mm -hmm. And so I was stressing, man. It was a lot of... Did, did you question opening crunching. it again because you oh, like, yeah. were closed during COVID? Like, oh, yeah, I, really I definitely want to get into another building. Mm -hmm. I definitely um, questioned, um, should I do this? Because in the original building, rent was really cheap. And so I was really spoiled with that. And so I know I knew pushing me into another spot. I wasn't ever going to find a spot that cheap that I was in. And so this was like. That little spot got me started. Mm -hmm. It helped me figure out my mindset. It helped me build a work ethic and it helped me build my clientele and save money. And I feel like that spot was so needed for this new spot. Um, it made me who I need to be to start what I want to end out with. Yeah. Um, once I found this new spot, it was, I had like the water connects I needed, but that was it and the space, but it needed so much work done. It had ugly carpet, the the walls were yellow. It was it was two two rooms originally. And so I knocked a wall down and I made it one big room. I took the carpet out, put new flooring in, painted it, and it was pretty simple as far as like how it looked in the beginning, but it was my own and it was a start and it was really exciting once I'd seen like, because it took me a month to get all that construction done in it. Um, I needed to be out by August 1st. And I was out of the old spot by August 1st. I spent all of August doing the construction. And then I opened up, did my first haircut in the new spot, September 3rd. Um, How did that feel? Oh man, it felt so good. It felt so good. I was so happy and so relieved um, that I could finally start. And within my goal of when I wanted to start. And there was a lot of times, even in that month of construction, I'm like, dang, dude, this sucks. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you did you, when during the construction, did you find like more, like, dang, now I got to fix this, now I got to mm -hmm. fix that, or I got to... I want to do this. And a lot of the stress was I was running out of money and I still <laughs> had a lot of stuff I needed to buy and I wasn't cutting. Mm -hmm. And I think money was a big stress for me. Um, did the your side hustle, did that help out? Or? It did help out. It did. And during the whole time of the barbershop, I was saving my money. Mm -hmm. I wasn't buying stuff like I wasn't flexing I wasn't buying I didn't buy a new car mm -hmm. I didn't go out and buy super flashy expensive clothes I just kept saving it and saving it and reinvesting and reinvesting yeah. into the shop and that definitely helped me get into where I'm at now and I think a lot of people should also do that especially being younger like when you do come from nothing and you start to make money it's so easy to blow it yeah. so 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 easy and barbers a lot of barbers make pretty good money but they don't know it and they'll never see it because it's gone the same day they make it yeah i, I tell that i mean i'm pretty sure i don't know if weech and julio are getting tired of me <laughs> pu pushing of uh pushing stocks on them 
right? <laughs> yeah, because like I, I, I'm like, hey, like you got to do this. Like, there's stocks you can buy where you can just leave and hold. Because I, I tell him all the time. Jesus, shout out to Jesus. He, he was gonna be here, but he ended up getting sick. Uh, um, he, he's the one that got me into stocks. Okay. So, like, there's certain stocks you can put your money into that you'll make more money in the interest and the dividend payments than you would putting it in a savings account. Yeah, you can throw it in a savings if you feel more comfortable, but me I'm more, I'm more of a let's do the stocks. You're risky? Yeah, like like I'm I'm willing to risk a yeah, lot. Yeah, absolutely. Me, you know, me Cuz sometimes uh yeah, it's scary at times. I love what Will Smith said. Uh there's always beauty on the other side of fear. So That's like right. if you're scared to do it, like doing your do shop. Mhm. I mean, if you didn't do it, you you would have been working somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And then the the thing is that people get comfortable Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if if you would have went to an uh to work at a shop, right, a salon, or maybe with your aunt, mm-hmm. you could have just got comfortable. Be like, yeah, this is good. This is working out for me. This is, but instead of like trying to grow, trying to like get your own business, that's why that's really like like inspiring me. Like me, like me, I'm like fuck. I gotta, I gotta keep <laughs> keep grinding, man. Yeah, absolutely. Got this twenty year old entrepreneur out here doing big <laughs> things too. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. So, so what? You do designs too, right? Uh, I, I'm trying to learn designs. I'm trying to learn. I yeah. saw the design you did over at Lion <laughs> Model. That shit was dope. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. I'm. What are you trying to? It's like, what are you trying to? Are you just trying to get better? Because <laughs> you already know. I'm trying to figure out my style within it, right? Because I feel like the barbers that can do designs, everyone has a style with what designs they like to do. Um, and for me, I don't really know what it is yet. And there's still. Like, I sweat a little bit whenever someone does ask me for a design. So that's something that I'm really trying to get a lot better with. Is, yeah, Yeah, because uh, after that, it's when you, I talked to Weech, not too long after that, that, that the, when you did that show, mm-hmm. he's like, I got inspired. He's like, the next day, he's like, I went and like... He showed me it too. He killed it on that cut. I will <coughs> honestly say hands down. Luis is the best at designs in Idaho, like hands down. I wish, I wish COVID would have never happened because uh, I went with him when you did your first competition Mm -hmm. down in Salt Lake. Like he did it on my head. I killed it, bro. Yeah. And I was excited. Like we we had another show that you were going to go to plan. I don't know. It was a different one out in Connecticut. I think it was. Oh, yeah. The big one. Yeah. We were going to go. CT Expo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He wasn't going to compete. But like I like being around like just just hustlers. Uh You know what I mean? Because that's what a lot of people that go there, they have their own shop Mm -hmm. or like they're looking to improve themselves. And even though I don't do barber, like I meet cool people like Mm -hmm. yourself. You know what I mean? Like that's how I met Weech, Troy. And like there's some of like the closest people around me like. Cause I, like you said, you got to have those motivational and inspiring people around you. Mm-hmm. And some of these negative people, it, the same thing happened to me. Some some of it was family, but you ha- you have to cut a it. A lot of you, it's family. Yeah, bro. you have to cut it off some at, at some point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it, it's hard at first, but then once you once you get make that cut, like then it, it becomes easier. Like recognizing the negative in your life. Once you do start, like. It becomes it's like a, a muscle. You 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 train it. You're like, nah, you're too negative. I'm not gonna deal with you anymore. Yeah. Um, and it it's hard because it's mostly family. Like, for me, anyways, it, that's what it was. It was family that was making it hard and opinions and you know, there's a lot of negativity and a lot of naysayers. But I just I knew what I wanted yeah. and 
I had to stick with that. And I think a lot of people also need to realize that it's just, it's important to respect opinions. Yeah. But at the end of the day, your opinion is like your own opinion is what's going to construct your life. Do you read any books like mental stuff? Because, dude, your mental game is crazy. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Um, I I have read a, a couple books, but I just haven't found a lot of time to. Uh, what I do. Audiobooks. Well, well, yes, <laughs> audiobooks, bro. I, I really need to get into that. I've got some good clients that have recommended some to me. I just need to hop on them. Um, personally, I'm a social media guy. I'm always on social media. And so... What I do is I just make my social media filled with positive um, positive words and motivational stuff. And those are my books. Um, like Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm, I'm always watching his stuff. And I love how real he is with mm-hmm. people. Um, but yeah, that, that's my way of like motivating myself within like others is... Because you are the you're the average of the five people you hang around yeah, the most, yeah. right? And whatever um, content, like we we live in a world of content right now. That's that's what we're learning from. That's what people are building their lives off of and showing is content. And so, I think it's very important for people to first like understand themselves and then also understand what kind of stuff because we're all sponges and so it's very important to understand like what you're absorbing what are you constantly having around you and what are you constantly thinking a lot of people aren't aware of their thoughts Mm -hmm. and i feel like if you become more aware of your thoughts and truly what you're thinking and outcomes and circumstances and different situations that's when you can really start to think of like how to build something yeah and so people just need to be honestly just more self-aware yeah no, yeah, if you ever get into audiobooks, there's there's a few that, that I've listened to that are really inspiring. Uh especially the that the one I sent you guys was that Rich Dad Poor Dad. Have you yeah, ever read it? Yeah, with Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, yeah. I one. haven't read it, but I've I've seen a lot of things from it. And I read audiobooks. Ah, yes, sir. <laughs> so there, I just I just use YouTube because that's what you said. Yeah, because if, if the, the only thing that sucks about YouTube, YouTube is great. Mm-hmm. Audiobooks are there, they're like crazy. The only thing that sucks is you have to keep the app open. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? I That's the only That's thing true. that sucks. Sometimes like you like gotta send a message mm-hmm. and you gotta close it and then you never get back into it. Mm-hmm. That's why I ended up getting Audible. And the reason I got Audible, uh, not sponsored by Audible, but Audible, sponsor the podcast. Hey. Uh, the the only reason I got Audible was because I started thinking about it. Everyone pays for Netflix, which is like ten bucks. Mm-hmm. That's how much Audible is. But something and you'll learn little things here and there from a show, you know, but it's mainly just the uh, watch something and pretty much waste time. Mm-hmm. But Audible, you're learning stuff from like depending on the book that you you choose to listen to. I'm like, why wouldn't you pay ten bucks to for knowledge for knowledge exactly? Yeah. That's gonna potentially make you thousands of dollars mm-hmm. or get, put you in the right mindset because that that's all it is. Like, if you learn how to, it doesn't happen overnight. If you learn how to channel your mindset to a certain like. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. This is what like, and I know what I got to do to get there. Like audiobooks can help you with that. Or if, if you're into reading, you know, mm-hmm. you could read too. But I, I feel like people should give books a chance, especially yeah. self-help books mm-hmm. uh, or any any type of book. Just get yeah, away anything. from me. Because I, I just recently, Matthew McConaughey came out with a book. What's and it called? It's, uh, Green Lights. 
Oh, I saw him promoting so that. I need dude, to check that out. There's some dope stuff. Yeah, cause, check it out. Because I'm looking to get into rental properties too. So there's a uh, Brandon Turner from Bigger uh, Bigger Pockets podcast, and like they pretty much show you and teach you that it's it it's not that as hard as people think. It just it takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And the the reason rich rich people keep saying rich is because you know they know what to buy, what to do, and uh, we we were talking the other day, and I, I told Julio I was like one thing that I did learn from uh, some of these audiobooks mm-hmm. is like we're taking a financial advice from middle class people. That's no disrespect from like yep. whoever you get financial advice from, but how are they gonna teach you how to be wealthy when they're not wealthy? Exactly. So that's why I like asking advice from like people who I know are doing way better than me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because me, I'm just curious. I'm like, what are you doing? Like this is and this. And ever since I've been posting about the rental properties, I'm surprised how many people reached out to me saying like, hey, like if you have questions, like let me know. There's people who have like rental properties and like they're like, hey, I'm trying to get in the same like field. Mm-hmm. And just like in anything, there's there's plenty for everybody. You know what I mean? Like um, that's why I like which he's always like, yeah, this barber this, this barber that. He's never like, nah, nah. That, that's why I went over there. He's like, yeah, I'm going to check out James. Uh, he's going to cut. I'm like, yeah, I'll swing by, you know, and check him out. And like, yeah, you killed it, by the way. Thank you. And thank you. I, I think it's just mindset. You know what I mean? That's why I like audiobooks. I, I try to do an hour a day. Uh, I switch up between books, but it's it, it's something. I mean, use YouTube if you don't if you don't want to pay the Audible. But but if you're paying for Netflix, you can pay you for Audible. That's not inspiring, right there, Michael Scott. You you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. <laughs> Amen. Wayne Gretzky slash Michael Scott. <laughs> Have you ever seen The Office? I haven't. Wow. Honestly. Oh. I know. Oh, all right, that's Dang. it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my my lady, she she really likes The Office, but well, then she'll get that part right there. I <laughs> need to I need to watch a little a lot more TV shows. But honestly, I no, what I watch right on now. on Netflix is uh, I watch a lot of documentaries, bro. I'm Same. so Same. I like I'm so into like that's, the that's consciousness. Why I, and that, that's why I can't get rid of my Netflix. It's not because of these other TV shows. Well, The Office, I love watching yeah. The Office. I've seen, it like, I've seen it like eight, nine times, like times, the whole seasons. Oh, like all yeah. of them. And, but I love the documentaries because I love to learn, like say it's serial killers. I'm like, why? Are, I wouldn't do it. Mm. But I like to understand, understand yeah. why they're doing it. Or like depending on the, the, the documentary, I'm like, why would they do this? Or like I like to know what's in their head because... Like you said, it helps shape your mentality. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, if I, I don't want to go down that road because, you know. But then it, it shows, like, I didn't know your whole story. And then it shows, like, no matter what, you you can make something happen. Like, Absolutely. no matter what happens in your life, everyone goes through stuff. Like, n- nobody's life is perfect. You know, like, I went through a bunch of shit and still go through things. Mm-hmm. But I don't let it bring me down. Yeah, you can't or I don't let it, like, it. like, like, uh, d- did you ever watch... What's it called? The Avengers? Yeah. Like where the Hulk is trying to get the the stone from... Oh, yeah. How it's saying it goes on two different paths. Yeah. That, that's how I feel mm-hmm. like when it showed those paths, that's how I feel like our life is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to like... It's one little thing easy. can happen, completely change the, yeah. the outcome, the, the outcome of, of your, your life. Mm-hmm. But you, you got to stay locked in. You got to stay focused, which um i feel like all of us here have, have been like that. Even though we have stuff going on, mm-hmm. we stay we stay grinding. We stay hustling. That's why I was, you know, glad to have you on. A lot of that all starts with yourself and like you can't do anything if 
you're not trying to make yourself a better person and more aware of stuff. I think a lot of people kind of lack awareness. And I think if you want to achieve something great, that's one of the first things you need to start out with is just becoming aware of situations and yourself yeah, just and mentally outcomes. strong mm-hmm. with yourself. A lot of it is a mental game. I, I like uh, what you also brought up earlier. You, you said that you wouldn't flex your money, you wouldn't flash, mm-hmm. and which is true because anytime I make some money, right? Um, again, I'm going to be pushing the stocks. I put a little bit into stocks, but then like I buy everything in here is paid for. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like all my equipment is paid That's for. I like keep reinvesting. Uh, and I stop. I used to buy shoes all the time. I used to buy a bunch of shoes. I bunch, but then uh, the cool thing is, like when we, we were doing the YouTube, I need to get back into that. But I just been so busy. Like we would go to Ross. Like this jacket is a Polo Ralph Lauren. It's fire, bro. right? Two hundred fifty dollars retail. You know how much I got it for? I don't know. You scored on thirty bucks. <laughs> thirty bucks at TJ. That's so cool. and then like these pants were. Uh, I think they were like on. yeah, like thirty bucks. Baller on a budget. No, but that, that, that's why I'm trying to portray, like, uh, or, or say, because I went to the gas station right before this. I went to Maverick, and there was mm-hmm. this uh, uh, this lady there, right? And she was, like, just, like, looking at me, and she was, like, are you from here, hun? Like, the way she was talking. <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, yeah. And she's, like, oh, were you looking good? Like, listen. <laughs> but people don't realize, people think that you have to go out and pay, like, a bunch of Be stuff. Be flashy. No, no one... It, if the person you're trying to impress is impressed by brands, that's the wrong person. Amen. You know what I mean? Me, I have like the only the most expensive part was probably my shoes, but that was it because I those you kind of have to pay retail for. I feel that. But you know, don't flash your money. Don't like do this because it's gonna get you nowhere. Don't buy dumb stuff. I was actually going to buy the the Tesla truck that comes out, mm-hmm. but I was like, I don't need it because especially after reading these books, they're like, stop doing what, what stop doing things middle class people do. And mm-hmm. one thing that middle class people do is. They buy a bunch of uh, liabilities. Liabilities. Yes. Instead of buying assets Amen. and cars, is a liability. Um, depending on depreciation. Uh, yeah, and also houses. If you know, he makes the argument when like the houses are a uh, liability as well because mm-hmm. it's taking money out of your pocket. So uh, that's why I keep trying to preach people that like get out of like this area. You know, like stop. I'm not saying like don't listen to your parents, but like. A lot of our parents are hard workers. They're doing way better they than they were doing, nothing. like their parents. Mm-hmm. And now, like, it's only right for you to go one up. Yeah, from that. yeah. That's why at my old job, like, I had to leave. You know what I mean? Like, and that actually helped me do what I'm doing now. A lot of our parents, they they're really hard workers, um, but unfortunately, they have nothing to show for all their hard work due to lack of money knowledge. And I think that's the same situation for a lot of people is they make either good money or they're just a really hard worker, but because they don't know how to spend their money and use it as a tool, they have nothing to show for that. And I feel like our generation is really changing that and understanding how to use money as a tool instead of um, just to some impress people. people. Like all some at people. The yeah, you're right, you're right. Some <laughs> people too, do. You know, you can hop on your phone and... You know, find all kinds of books and audios. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny because people think just because like it, you listen to something for free or like they offer their knowledge, like Gary Vee, he's like spits game all the time. Oh, yeah. But they think just because he spits it, like it's like it can't happen to them or it's mm-hmm. not as valuable. Or because he's already a, a millionaire, you know, they're like, oh, he already made it. It's not that valuable. Yeah. But I think people should be listening to those people instead of 
the and no offense to people working in a nine to five, but instead of the opinions too. Yeah, because there, there's those people who they want. like. I mean, like some people are built for that, mm-hmm. like nine to five. But then there's also the yeah, people who, who don't want to be working like something they don't want to work in. Mm-hmm. Like if you hate your job, like what are you waiting for? Like are you gonna wait? No one's gonna come save you. Mm-hmm. Like nobody. You you're gonna be there unless you do something differently. You're gonna be there all your life. Yep. So I hope that's a wake up call to for you to be like, you know what? He's 20 years old, and at no age is too late. Yeah. You want to do something? Like I went back to school when I was 28. Like I'm 32 now. You know, and it, it's never too late. I agree. Even though like I'm not learning very much, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Be- because YouTube, YouTube shows you a lot. Huge. Uh, who, who was it? Mia that learned a lot from YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's where I learned a lot too, honestly. Um, Cause YouTube was kind of popping off from, I, from like, 2014 to 2017. That's when a lot of stuff really yeah. started. Yeah, because I getting I don't put really onto YouTube. Being really, that many videos when I was going to school. So you, you didn't get no. I just got more hands on with Troy. And I had my three little brothers and YouTube, and that's how I was able to get a little bit better each time, relatively quickly. What about them? How are, how are you doing with them? Are they super, are they, super like, good? I keep, I hang out with my brothers every weekend. Um, it's a little harder because I do work a lot, but on the weekend, I, I try to hang out with them. Um, my baby brother, though, he, the one that's 14, he lives down in Boise with one of my other aunts. Unfortunately, I don't get to see him as much, but I do still try to make it down there as much as I can. But the ones that do live here in Idaho Falls, I come and get them every weekend and we kick it and I let them know that, you know, um, we don't need to be a victim of our circumstances. And, you know, unfortunately, no matter what we think or do, the world's going to keep spinning and the time's going to keep going by and you're going to turn 25, 30, no matter what. So we got to do something productive with the time. So that way, whenever we are that age, um, good things are going to happen because of all this work we're putting in now and trying to get them to understand that has been a little difficult. It's hard, huh? it's hard bro. Yeah, it's hard. That's, that's why I said, like, I try to preach to my little brother all the time and he, I'm like, Hey, like, do this, do that. And then he goes by his like $600 like <laughs> yeah. And, I'm and like, I, I feel like it's hard because, you know, you're, and especially if you're young, you're always on your phone. You're seeing all this stuff like mm-hmm. these guys flexing and stuff you're like, well, I want that instead of, you know, listening to my older brother be like, yo, you know, you need to get on it and save up your money and buying stocks and stuff like that. I, get, I feel like it's a little bit harder to understand when you're seeing it all the time. Yeah, it's funny he was uh he was actually bragging to me about his his life or his his car is like a stage one or something like that now oh, okay and he's okay. all like bragging about it <laughs> and i pull up my stock portfolio and i'm like that oh, boy <laughs> hey, who, who's flexing now like your lights that you paid 600 dollars are probably worth like 200 now you yeah know I mean? and so it's important to us as the older brothers or just being an older sibling and we have gone through that we understand i feel like we're kind of obligated to try to help them to understand the same thing so it's not just a constant repeat of them spiraling off down the wrong not not wrong but just not doing good things with their money and trying instead of trying to help them with it yeah and i mean for you just keep grinding bro because they're <laughs> man. like whether they tell you or not they they look up to you you're more of that that figure in their life since and, and you you had to step up to that plate 
You know what I mean? And I've had people tell me like mess people I barely even know. They're like, hey, like I love your work. You're you're an inspiration. Like this is and that. And you're like, damn, like people are watching, like and being inspired. And I know for a fact your brothers are the same way. And they're lucky enough to have an older brother like yourself. <laughs> Thank you. That that is doing that. You know, going through the struggle now, mm-hmm. like trying to open up your shop because later on. Like you said, they they start to everyone around you starts to average. Like you start to average yeah, the people you're around. So as long as you're doing good around the right people, they're gonna and you're gonna even if they don't want to cut hair, mm-hmm. you're gonna motivate them to to do something that they want to do. And you know, it, it's all about inspiring and being mm-hmm. that that role model for them. So uh, I'm pretty sure they they look up to you a lot. Thank you, thank you. So hopefully, my little brother. I'm telling you, like even like, if you're just telling them all the time, one day it's just gonna click. Yeah, like, that's why I'm I keep do it. That's why mm-hmm. I keep bringing up stock to them because I'm like, one day it, it's scary at first because you don't know, but then like once you start seeing like what it can do, mm-hmm. you then, start understanding the graphs a little bit. Yeah, then it starts making sense, and then you're like, oh well, yeah. And I want to thank you for coming on just because your story has been great, dude. I, I didn't you. even know all of it. I just knew a little bit because you told me a little bit. But it, it, it goes down deeper, you know what I mean? And I'm glad you were able to explain. And before we go, what would you like to tell somebody? Because there's kids that go through it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like going through, like not having a parent or having parent issues. What advice would you give them to, to help them get through it? Um, you know, if they're going through a hard time in any situation, I think it's important to find the positivity still in that situation because it's so easy to get sidetracked with all the negativity going around. So find the positivity and find that thing that you like. Um, A lot of people, they get so stuck with jobs instead of kind of doing something that they like. And I I also understand, you know, there's bills and stuff, but we make time for things we like. And so I think if people find something that they love, or not even really love, but something that they're good at, that then they learn to love it. Um, that can really help you get out of all, everything. That's what helped me was mm-hmm. finding the thing that I like to do and then doing it, getting better, and then loving it and then having a passion with it. But it all starts with just the interest. Find an interest in something and just having that interest and your mindset and focus on that will help you get out of any situation. Mm-hmm. So find your interest and put important people in your life, put important people on your phone because you're probably on your phone more than you are, you know, listening to people around you. So put important people on your phone and have goals. A lot of people say they have goals and they do, but if you ask them if they've written them down, that's one of the keys that a lot of people haven't done is writing them down and repeating them and saying them out loud, saying to saying your goals to people, what you want to achieve and talking about them with confidence. Those things are going to help you manifest everything that you need to make that happen as long as you are putting in the work for it. There you go. You have it there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, like I said, I want to thank you again for coming on, dude. You're, re- you inspired me, thank like you. To, to to keep grinding. You know what I mean. That's why I love doing these podcasts with people who have their own business because I, I like to share that it's not easy. Like mm-hmm. nobody, you didn't get out of school and you're like, let me have a shop, mm-hmm. successful. You know, it doesn't happen like that. No. There there was a lot of things that led up to that point. 
mm-hmm. you know, and I, I like people to hear that. That way they can be like, well, he went through this, like, and he like he was able to get out, and I know him. Mm-hmm. So I, I can do it too, you know what I mean? So I hope, I know you're going to motivate some people. So again, thank you so. for coming on, dude. Thank you, man, so much. It's oh, been a pleasure. What's your Instagram handle on my Instagram handle is exhibition.fades.barbershop. You guys should check him out. He does amazing work. Uh, even if you're not from Idaho, you know, check him out. Show him some love. And, you know, Shops on Main Street. Right sh- by Taco Bell and Ancient R Block. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll, ca- we'll catch you guys on the next one. See you guys later. Bye. See you. Thank you for having me. Nigga, the cops outside. Lock up the house. We keep the team on high. Some gold in their mouth. Yeah, yeah. Nigga, the Porsche outside. Yeah. Yeah.